0: Confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God, the still inside the storm, the promise of the shore. I ain't going to make you stand. I've got a rather long scripture here. We're going to read Numbers chapter 13, 25, 33, through 33, I'm sorry. And it says, And they returned from searching of the land after forty days, and they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there, and the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell in the sea, dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We do not, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched under the children of Israel, saying, The Lord. The land through which we have gone to search is the land that eateth up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature, and there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. So here we've got Moses has led the Israelites out of Egypt, and they got to the edge of their promise and twelve men went to spy out the land two of them joshua and caleb came back carrying huge branches of grapes saying the land flows with milk and honey and we are able to overcome it the other ten men came back with an evil report saying the land which we have gone to search is a land that eateth up its inhabitants and thus started the Israelites 40-year sentence that could have been an 11-day trip. Instead, they believed the evil report of the 10 men and started their 40-year journey wandering around in the wilderness. And get this, until every man of their generation had died except for Joshua and Caleb. They could have been in their promise, but for listening to the wrong people with the wrong attitude, right? I'm here to tell you tonight that we are standing on the edge of our promise. We are standing on the edge of our revival. Our pastor has a vision for this church that we would be able to fill a building the size of the Civic Center. I can't tell you how many pastors, how many ministers have come through this congregation since I was 15 years old, 14 years old, I don't know, and prophesied over this congregation that we are going to have the biggest revival known, that it's going to start here and spread across the East Coast, and we holler amen, and we get excited, and then... Monday morning comes around and we get back into our comfort zone and we go back to the same old same old. I'm here to tell you revival is not coming. Revival is not coming next week, next month, next year. Revival is here now. The question is, is what attitude will we take? Will we take the attitude of Joshua and Caleb and say yes to revival? Or will we leave revival for the next generation? We can either buy into Pastor's vision 100% and have revival now, or we can check out and leave revival to the next generation. Matthew 25 14 and 30 if you was here on Wednesday night you'll already have heard some of this because brother Aaron spoke about this parable of the talents on Wednesday night and it was kind of a confirmation to me because Wednesday afternoon I got worried about speaking here on Sunday night and I started getting ready and I sat down and wrote three pages of notes and then brother Aaron got up and spoke on the same text. So Matthew twenty five fourteen through 30 says, for the kingdom of heaven is a, as a man traveling into a far country who called his servants, his own servants, and delivered unto them his goods, and said unto one, and unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey." Then he had received, uh, yeah, I can't read. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he had also gained another two. But he that had received one went and diggeth in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoneth. And we know how this story goes. I don't need to read all the way down through the end. But the guy that had five talents had another five talents. And the guy that had two talents, he had another two talents. And the guy that had one talent, he had dug and buried it. And the, the, the Bible says that there ought to therefore to have put my money to the exchangers and then by my... Co- And then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth." One thing that we learn from the parable is that we are not all given the same amount of talents. It's not about how many talents we have that matters, but what matters is what we do with the talents that we are given. You see, the Master knew that it was going to take just as much effort for the person with two talents to produce two more talents as it was going to be for the person with five talents to produce five more talents. Thus, the reason why the reward was the same for both the guy with the five talents and the, and the two talents, right? They weren't rewarded differently. According to the amount that they produced, they were rewarded by the degree of effort that they put out. Ephesians 4, and 12 says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, As Christians, we have a mission that God expects us to accomplish in the here and now. The parable of the talents teaches us what we are supposed to do while we await our Savior. And this message is for me more than probably anybody in here because God's been dealing with my heart, especially over this last week while I've been reading and studying and getting ready for this. Because far too many Christians today see their salvation as simply a train ticket to heaven. They believe that it doesn't matter what you do while you wait for the train to come. The unfaithful servant in this parable didn't so much as waste the master's money, he wasted an opportunity. And the result was he was judged wicked and lazy. We are responsible for what we do or what we do not do, for God, and one day we'll be held accountable. Romans 14:11 and 12 says, "For it is written, "As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give account to himself to God. What we hear from the master on that day is up to us." Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. And this is this is what he said he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved but he that believeth not shall be damned and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover This is the last message that that jesus gave before he went and departed was go preach the gospel to every creature we are disciples of god when we received the holy ghost and was baptized in jesus name we became his disciples i don't want to be the one that buries my talent i don't want to be the one that says they they don't need me i'm going to just go over here and hide in a corner and in sunday school we've been doing music and i'm gonna pick on sister tanya down here just for a minute i can't play the accordion a bit but she does a great job and we all have talents everybody has something that they can do for the kingdom i was not placed on this earth for such a time as this, to raise dogs. Most of you know that that's what I'm doing right now. But I was not placed on this earth for such a time as this, to raise dogs. I can do that on my spare time, but I was born to be a soul winner, to be part of the biggest revival this world has ever seen. I'm here to tell you that revival is not coming, but revival is here now. Your hands are the hands of Jesus. Your mouth is the mouth of Jesus. For far too long, we've been satisfied with the status quo. It's time to stop praying, Lord, send us revival. It's a great prayer. But what we need to pray is, Lord, give me a deeper burden for the lost. It's time to grab a hold of this end time revival with both hands, dig in with both feet and buy into the master's vision 100% and make it our vision. It shouldn't be pastor's vision anymore. Pastor had a vision and he passed it on to us and it needs to be our vision. Over the next couple months, we have some great big... uh, outreach programs going on. We have what is going to be the best Messiah drama ever, followed by Pentecost Sunday at the Civic Center. I feel like we are standing, no, we are standing on the edge of our revival. Our long-awaited, long-promised revival. What we do will determine whether we enter our promised land or continue on with the same old, same old. We can go on with our Messiah drama like we have for years past, and we've had great Messiah dramas. And then we can go on with Pentecost Sunday and then we can go back to our comfort zone. Or we can decide that, look, I'm grabbing onto this thing and we're going forth. We're gonna have revival now. God, help us to use our talents for you. God, help us to be a light in this dark world. Jesus, use my voice. Jesus, use my hands. Thank you, Jesus.